And hello again, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of Frazier & Dieter's Business Speed. I'm John Ray alongside Roger Lesby. Roger. Hey, John. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you doing this day? Doing fine. It's September 17th, and we're past our due date, so that's a great thing. <laughs> that's right. You 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 look bright and chipper this morning. Well, thank so. you. Yeah, after, after, after that, uh, one more, one more big one, I guess, in October, and then uh, uh, you can coast through the rest of the year, maybe? Yeah, then we can say 2018 is done. There you go. Sounds like a plan. So, Roger, you brought two great guests for us today and i'd like to introduce uh blair cunningham and blair is the a partner with signature fd and then elizabeth burdett and elizabeth is also with signature fd blair tell us a little bit about signature fd who are you what do you do yeah great thanks for uh, for having us here it's great to be here a Signature FD is a financial design and advisory firm that provides integrated wealth management services uh, to individuals, couples, families. Uh, we are affiliated with Fraser and Dieter. We were uh, launched out of Fraser and Dieter about 20 years ago, three young CPAs who saw the career track of a, of a CPA firm and said, we want to do something different. And they created a wealth management firm, put together a business plan. And that firm was 20 years ago, and since that time, we've become one of the largest independent firms, uh, not only in Atlanta, but in the country. And so it's been a, been a great ride. Fraser and Dieter's been a great partner with us, uh, and that's kind of where we have got started. Wow, great story. Now, uh, talk a little bit about maybe the purposes behind that independence. You're still affiliated, but you still have a link. And there's some good reasons for that, right? Yeah, as an independent firm, some firms, uh, wealth management firms or CPA firms, they are one in, you know, together. Uh, Fraser and Dieter and Signature FD are sister companies. We have a strong affiliation of referrals back and forth, but we felt like 20 years ago it was important for them to be two separate, two separate cultures. And so we have our own, uh, have our own culture. We have our own values, and but they work really well together with Fraser and Dieter. So, lots of wealth management firms out there. Yes. Uh, I don't need to tell you that because you see that every day. Talk a little bit about why Signature FD is different. Yeah, I think one of the, when you think about wealth management firms, that means a lot of different things to different people, but they think it's somebody who's managing your money, doing their estate planning, you know, selling insurance. I think what differentiates Signature FD is probably three things. Uh, the first would be just even of how we define wealth. You know, when you think of wealth, you think of money. And we think of wealth as a lot more than your money. We think of it as your skills, your talents, your relationships, uh, the influence that you have. So I think first and foremost, when you think about a wealth management firm, we're thinking of wealth much more than a client's portfolio. Uh, I think the second thing that really differentiates us from other wealth management firms is we believe that clients want to do something different. with. They want to do something more with their wealth. They want to do something that's worthwhile. And they want to make an impact with that wealth. And again, with that broad definition of wealth, more than your money. And so one of the questions that we ask our clients, and we'll talk about you know, maybe a little bit today, is we ask them kind of what's your net worthwhile? And they kind of look at you, and we'll talk about that kind of what that means to us, but that's kind of where we where we begin the relationship. It's not just about you know, what do you want to accumulate? It's again, what do you want to do that's worthwhile with your wealth? 
And then I think the third thing that differentiates us from other firms is that because we have grown in size over the, over the years, we have been able to specialize. We have been able to go deep in certain areas. Uh, we have different you know, practice areas uh, that focus on executives, on women, on athletes, on entrepreneurs, on attorneys. And so we've been able to go different. It's not only creating kind of a specialization in each of those areas, but our goal also with these, we call them initiatives. So the signature executive you know, initiative uh, is also creating a community around those. We want our executives to know one another. And we're trying to create in, in, in that community the opportunity for our clients to get together and to learn from one another as well. Wow, there's a lot there. And I'm really fascinated by the concept of net worthwhile uh, because that sounds like something that's a clear differentiator. But a lot of firms are pretty interested in the size of the portfolios and that kind of thing as opposed to drilling down into where is all this going, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And I think another thing that's a little unique is, is at least at one point in time, about 95% of our clients were were – entrepreneurs, they were first generations, they're the ones that created the wealth. Yes. And so I think that that's been a little bit of a of a different niche and a, a little bit of a different planning angle for us. And so some of the other some of the other things that we'll talk about later today are reasons for that is is because this is a lot of this is first generational wealth. Uh it's not necessarily um you know corporate money, it's not corporate retirement plans, it's not trust fund babies. Uh, it's generally people that have created the wealth. And that's always a different mindset. Sure. And folks are looking, as you say, uh, Blair, folks are looking for a more meaning and purpose maybe than in previous generations, although it's hard for me to say that really necessarily because <laughs> I wasn't there as much as my son might think I was. But I, you know, today, I think clearly there's a trend toward that across generations is that no matter where you are in your in your wealth building cycle, you're looking for purpose in that. Correct. And I think it's things that we all know about, but I think as a wealth management firm, we are making that a core part of our relationship with our clients. We don't just kind of put it up there on a on a on the wall. Uh, we are communicating to our clients again that when we say what's your net worth while we're communicating the values of we don't believe your, you know, your net worth is equal to your self-worth. I mean, we're going kind of deep on some kind of maybe the soft side of, of money, but we believe, honestly, those are some of the conversations that, that advisors need to have with their clients. Uh, and too often we get really focused on, let's just look at the portfolio. Let's just look at that. The reality is we have to do all of that and we have to do that with excellence. We have to manage the money. We have to, you know, perform well. Um, we have to give good advice. So we're not negating any of that. That's, you know, almost assumed. We're trying to take it a deeper level is we're doing that with excellence, but we also want to go deeper with you because we know ultimately that's what's going to make, again, that you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to be more satisfied. Um, and again, you're going to be happier and content. Sure. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Yeah. And I think another thing that sets the firm apart is a lot of wealth management firms really focus on kind of a um, scarcity mindset. They are, you, they're helping their clients kind of stockpile their financial wealth for the future and delaying any kind of use or enjoyment or fulfillment through that. And I think the way our advisors approach that through this net worthwhile lens is 
we want you to live your very best life with that wealth today and not just tomorrow. So whatever that means for your family or your friends or your community, or your neighborhood, how can we help you to do both things? How can we help you be prepared for the future, but also live your life and put your money where your heart is, is what we like to say. So how, how can we partner with you? You know, if you're one of your goals is to run a marathon or one of your goals is to build a house for your grandchildren. I mean, whatever that goal is, we want to be your partner, not just on expanding your portfolio, your investments. So really kind of digging in deeper with clients and their families on, like Blair said, kind of the quote unquote softer elements of financial planning. But we want to be kind of that partner and that coach for our clients on achieving a wide array of goals in their life, not just financial, and today, not just tomorrow. Well, and we, and we have to call this out, right? So uh, there, there's a self-interest that wealth management firms have in hoarding all the assets, right? As opposed to giving this advice to say, hey, uh, yeah, you've got the money to go buy that RV that you want to travel across the country in or whatever the, the dream is, right? And and so you're what you're talking about is establishing great long-term relationships first as opposed to your own self-interest in the short run. Exactly. And I think if we are honest with ourselves about being great partners and great stewards for those clients, that means partnering them on whatever their goals are, right? And being obviously wise counsel to them as advisors and providing advice and doing everything that Blair mentioned of doing, providing excellent service in terms of management and investment of those funds, but being more, um, less self-seeking and, and more of a partner. Um, and more kind of collaborative with them and um, taking a much more creative approach to wealth management um, and partnering with those families. We're speaking with Blair Cunningham and Elizabeth Burdett, and they are with Signature FD. Uh, so I know that, Blair, back to your point about net worthwhile and, and uh, having some deep conversations with folks, you know, I think when someone has come through a, a long career, maybe uh, been at a business a long time, they they have a similar problem in that they've, as you say, wrapped up their identity in that, and maybe they haven't thought of deeply where they want to go with retirement or after they've sold their business or whatever. How do you help with that? Yeah, that that is a great question, and the question I would even pose back to that is when somebody is looking to retire, very often they're kind of running to the finish line and they don't know what's past the finish line. They haven't thought about what they're doing next. And the question I pose back to them is, you know, don't just retire from what you're doing as an executive or as a business owner. What are you retiring to? Hmm. And again, that's not a decision that you make the day that you, you know, walk out the door, you know, you sell the business. Um, it has to be something you've thought about, you know, years ahead of time. You know, so often, and this is kind of where in, in the accounting world, Roger's helping clients help prepare that business to be sold. And then they sell it, but they're not prepared for what comes next. And so right. you really have to be going down two different tracks there. You have to be preparing the business for sale. That's incredibly important. There are even aspects of preparing the business for sale that's personally, financially. How does that affect you? But then how do you prepare for what I'm going to be doing next? And and I've 
that's probably even the most important. Uh, I've had several clients. I had a client who recently retired at age 70. He finally retired. Um, and kind of what's next? He said, I'll decide that later. Uh, unfortunately, he got diagnosed with, uh, with Alzheimer's shortly before, right around that retirement date. And so, you know, he still has lots of years, you know, ahead of him. But again, I think thinking ahead of time, kind of life is a little different for him. I'm meeting with a new client right now. He's in, you know, his early sixties and he's in a career change. He's thinking what's next and he probably has enough. I mean, and that's, we're going to sit down and help answer that question. That's one of the things I think we do very well is helping people decide. I mean, kind of like, I, I understand. I know how to plan with my wealth now, but that gives them the freedom to then be able to decide what's next. At least to say, Oh, I don't have to work. I'm not dependent upon that income. That doesn't mean you spend the rest of your life on a golf course or tennis court or, you know, traveling around the world. But again, we want to have those conversations of, of what's next. Yeah, they may think they're going to spend the rest of their life on a golf course, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but ultimately, as Blair said, they need something to retire to, uh, especially especially males. I think yeah. they need that. Uh, they don't want to have buyer's remorse. They want to be able to have that identity. Uh, and uh, And then so many of us are so used to being on a schedule and working so we're, we're so busy. Uh, that that needs to be part of that uh, uh, chapter two. Yep. Yeah. So, Roger, let me bring you in on this because there's there's got to be for great planning. There's got to be some collaboration here in terms of as you're working with a business owner on their business and helping advise them to maybe an eventual sale or uh, cash out or however that's going to work. Uh, some collaboration in terms of helping them plan personally with the folks here at Signature FD? Yeah, well, these guys, first of all, are very, very bright. They're very smart. Uh, we, we've got almost every credential at Signature FD. Elizabeth's an attorney. Blair's got CPA and other credentials after his name, uh, as do I. So we're, we're all used to that. Uh, we can all work together on the planning. Uh, Signature FD does way more planning than most firms, and I think that's just because it's a strength, and this is where our background is. Um, but but it it's comprehensive planning, and so John, as you might expect, I am a client of Signature FD, and uh, and so that's been good. And you know, one of the areas, uh, you know, even though I'm a tax partner and I'm supposed to know everything, and <laughs> everything's supposed to be in perfect order, right? And a lot of it is, <laughs> yeah. But 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 I've told Blair to to challenge me in certain areas, challenge me on my charitable giving, challenge me on what I want to do with my life insurance, with what I want to do with maybe chapter two when I retire from Fraser and Dieter, challenge me on my family relations and how I can bring my children and grandchildren into the planning. Uh, Look at some of the things on the personal property insurance side which I might not be as great at, but we have some wonderfully talented people within Signature FD that can look at that. And why do we have that? Because all that is liability, and what they're trying to do is make sure that, from a client perspective, all of our liabilities are are protected and they're buttoned down and we know what they are because we don't want to have that exposure within our overall wealth plan. And so I think all those things are very, very important. Sure. No, there's no no more compelling testimonial than e- you're eating your own cooking, uh, shall we say? So uh, that's that's great 
Great stuff. I'm curious about the different verticals that you work with in terms of, uh, or maybe types of clients that you work with, because you've got some specific niches that you specialize in too. Yeah. And we're not just limited to those. I think it's, that is where one is where we've had, um, I guess kind of a, a critical mass in terms of number of clients to where we you know, say, Hey, we can kind of uh, specialize that, but it's also based upon the advisors. We've had advisors who really had an interest in working with executives working with entrepreneurs, so working with attorneys, working with women. So each one of these that we've had, uh, in large part, has been driven by the advisor, which has then gone hand-in-hand with, you know, the clients that they've worked with. Uh, That then leads to referrals from those. So it really has, you know, led to, uh, I think, a great strategy. It's probably really one of our growth strategies as a firm is to grow geographically, but also to grow within each one of those initiatives. And then Blair, the initiative that you and Elizabeth are heading up for Signature FD is is uh, Signature FD Generosity. Yeah, I mean Signature Generosity was again something that I you know probably three four years ago uh, when thinking about what initiative would I like to lead as a leader in the firm. You know, I was asked that question: What would you like to lead? And you know, while I worked with executives, I've worked with retirees. You know, the, the area that I probably have been most passionate about in my 30 year career is around generosity. You know, how do we help our clients again make an impact with their wealth? How do we help them do something more? Um, and so that was, you know, it was kind of a unique initiative, but it was one that I kind of thought, and it doesn't relate to any one specific group or a segment of our clients. In fact, my, from my perspective, signature generosity applies firm wide. It's a firm wide initiative that we want every one of our clients to participate in. And we talk about this in the, in kind of in the, in the picture of we believe every client is on this journey of generosity and they may be you know, just beginning. They may be far along in that. And that doesn't matter. All we want is people to be on the journey and we want to help them take that next step. Yeah. And I think, um, I'm relatively new. I joined the firm in April. And um, as Roger mentioned, I have a background as an attorney um, and as in fundraising. But I started my career, I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, but a long time ago, in philanthropy, in a private foundation. That's really where my heart is. And so I feel like ever since then, I've kind of been journeying back to that. So Signature Generosity, to me, is this incredibly unique opportunity to provide a value and a resource to our clients that you don't, you just don't see really at any other wealth management firms, especially not our size. And um, our mission is really to provide the resources and the guidance to help clients on that journey of generosity. And what we like to say is that everyone has something to give. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 28 and you have, you know, you're really at the very beginning of your career and you say, I don't have any kind of money to give. Well, you have a network, you've got expertise, you've got um, advice, you've got time. Um, and those are all resources that are in high demand of your community. And so how can we inspire you to think more broadly about generosity that's not just your financial assets? And then it could be somebody who is, you know, looking at retirement who does have significant assets to give. And we can also partner with them on the more technical side of, do you have a liquidity event? Do you want to set up a foundation? You know, what does that look like on a more technical side? So what we're building in Signature Generosity is this kind of the soft side of inspiring families to have those conversations of how to build in generosity to their lives in the way that fits them, that's personalized. And then the more technical of how can we, 
you know, design some giving vehicles for you that have tax advantages um, and that benefit not only the community, but your family. And I think for me, and I know Blair shares in this too, we feel like the more personalized and strategic and thoughtful your giving is, the more meaningful it is for both the donor, the giver, and for the recipient. So what we're trying to get people away from is this mindset of kind of checkbook, quote unquote, philanthropy, where, oh, I write a check here, I write a check here, I write a check here. You don't really have a focus or a purpose. So one of our goals is that every client eventually would have what we call a generosity blueprint. So they have a plan for their giving, just like they have a plan for their investments, just like they have a plan for their retirement or their business or their taxes or anything else that we're working with them on. We want them to have a strategy for their giving as well so that they are aligning what they're passionate about, they're aligning their resources, and they're aligning their time to kind of create this perfect um, alignment um, to get the very, very most out of their giving. I like to tell this story that um, about Bill Gates, who we now, I think we can probably all agree is one of the greatest philanthropists probably of our current time. But when he first started and decided he wanted to give back, he went to Africa with like, I don't know the details, but a lot of computers. This is early days of computers. And he was going to give all these computers to this village in Africa. Had the best intentions in the entire world and certainly had the resources. Got there and realized that the village did not have power, did not have electricity. So I like to tell clients that because his intentions were there, his resources were there, his heart was there. He didn't have a plan. Um, and he, you know, he was interviewed about that and he said, I never, that was kind of the, the beginning point of my time as a philanthropist, because I realized you need to have a plan and a strategy to have the impact that you want. So, um, not everybody can be Bill Gates, but everyone can make a difference and everybody has something to give. And I think for, for most wealth management firms, when you talk about me and they will talk about, you know, a person's giving, but what that usually means is you have some appreciated stock and let's go um, give that stock away either directly to a charity or to a donor advice fund that's a vehicle. It's very tax motivated. It is very technique driven, but it never gets to the heart. And there's been research that that's shown that most individuals and especially high net worth individuals, uh, they want their advisor to talk about giving generosity but they don't want to just know the tax strategies. They don't want to just know the how to do it. They want they want you, the advisor, to understand the why behind what they're trying to do. And from my experience, a lot of times the clients are looking for help in understanding the why. They want to be generous. Again, it goes back to this whole net worthwhile. They want to do something worthwhile with their wealth. And when it comes to their giving or their generosity, a lot of times they get a little overwhelmed and they don't know what to do. And so our job is not to tell them you ought to be giving to this organization or that organization. Our job is really how do we help you determine, again, what the passions are and, and really what's your heart be, what breaks your heart and that you want to be involved in. I think one of, the, again, the reasons why we think it's important to have a generosity blueprint, having a plan for your generosity is not only that will allow you to be more generous, but it also gives you freedom. Is that when you have a plan, when you think about it, all of us have hearts that want to give. And so we tend to respond to everything that comes at us. And if we don't have a plan, we're just responding as opposed to being able to say, 
yeah, I love what you guys are doing, but that's not where my heart is right now. I'm invested over here. It essentially gives them the freedom to say no with no guilt. And that's an unusual concept to say, well, you kind of feel like you're saying no to somebody's asking you for money. Yes, because you've made a plan and you're being your focused on these two or three or maybe four. I see a lot of human people, and, and I can be guilty of this as well, um, to have 10, 15, 20 different things I'm giving to. Those, they're all great. But again, I can't have a passion for 20 different things. And as Elizabeth was saying, when you can align your passions and your resources, and resources be not just your money, but again, it goes back to our definition of wealth, but your passions, your resources, and then when you can make that personal connection, that's when it becomes the most impactful gift, not just for the recipient of the gift. It becomes impactful to me. And it sounds a little self-serving or selfish that, you know, I want to have an impact with my wealth on myself, but it, inevitably you want that because that's going to allow you to continue to be invested you know, in those organizations or those causes. So, uh, but we, but we do have a number of clients that have set up family foundations, uh, a tremendous thing and they can get, uh, children and grandchildren involved. And so that it becomes a family thing. Uh, the family foundations actually sit down and usually will write a, a mission statement. So they know exactly what the family is for and what the family wants to support. And then they sort of run that as a board. And, uh, and so that can be very, very exciting, but the donor advised funds are another great thing. And, Boy, selfishly, we'd love for, you know, at least half of our client base to have donor advised funds because it's We're a, going for 100%. Oh, we're, going for 100%. Uh, we're going for 100%. I knew you were, but let's, <laughs> let's get to 50 first. Yeah. But it's a, it's a very tax efficient way, but, but then it's like a, a pocketbook that's sitting there for them to plan and make their charitable donations. And so I think that that can be a great thing as well. Yeah. Well, now I, I have to ask though, Oh, so what advice would you give to someone who wants to be more charitable, wants to be um, uh, get in, involved in that part of their themselves, right? Uh, sure. But they don't know where to start. Sure. It can be over very overwhelming. We live in a day and age where there are, because of social media and just media in general, there is feels like there's a need every corner that you turn around. And like Blair and I were talking about, I think you have got to find what resonates with you personally, because if it does not resonate with you personally, it's not something that you are uniquely passionate about. It's going to die on the vine and you're not going to find that fulfillment and that satisfaction from it. So I always tell people, especially if they're on the younger end and they feel like I don't really have any money to give, or this is all a little bit over my head or too sophisticated take really small steps. So maybe the first step is to ask yourself, why am I thinking about giving? What's motivating me? Is it because I was the recipient of some generosity at some point in my life and I want to pay it forward? Which could be a great reason. Which could be a fantastic reason. Could it be, you know, I've got children now and I want to model for them what it looks like to be a responsible citizen. Um, is it my faith? Is it my, that this is the way my family brought me up? I mean, there's a, there's infinite almost reasons, but I think that can be the first step is once you identify what your motivation is, that's going to kind of guide your next steps. And then I would just say, you know, do a little bit of homework, start volunteering, really kind of do some self-reflection. What is it that I, Blair likes to say this, and I love this, that either breaks your heart or fills your heart. So what is it that keeps you up at night? either from sadness because it's breaking your heart or just is so inspiring to you and make sure it's your own 
Um, make sure it's something that, you know, not just because your best friend says, come with me to this event. Well, if it doesn't resonate with you, like I said, it's not going to be something that's um, sustainable and meaningful. So I think the smaller the steps you can take, the better. I first identify what is motivating you to give and help that be your guiding principle. And then just kind of get out there, start volunteering, asking your friends what they're involved with, and really do some self-reflection of what is it that I care about. And then make a plan, you know, find somebody to help you make a plan, whether it's a signature FD or um, on your own. But think about, you know, this year, my goal is to volunteer X amount of hours. I don't really have any money to give right now, but that's what I want to do. Or I'm going to bring five people along to get them involved with this organization. I mean, set realistic goals for yourself so that when you attain them and you reach them, you have that sense of achievement and you feel like you're making progress in that plan. Yeah, I think that's a great answer, Elizabeth. And then I'd also say, um, if you're willing to invest your time, then then that's a good start. Sure. Uh, but but I also think that as you get a little bit older, uh, some of your views and and some of your your thoughts along legacy and things like that they 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 change or they grow whatever the right word is and mm-hmm. and so that's important as well absolutely yeah, yeah well, one of the things I, as far as kind of once you've started doing a plan i think from my experience people who plan their giving also give more mm-hmm. and again they give more of their wealth and again i think from a financial standpoint uh, most people are able to give financially more than they can imagine. And again, if we can kind of give them freedom there just by, again, by planning for it. But again, I completely agree. It is more than just giving of the money. But again, kind of where our money is, that's kind of where our heart tends to go. So, you know, volunteering time is great. But once you kind of start, you know, kind of opening up the, the checkbook or you're transferring some of your financial wealth, then your heart really starts going there as well. So I think it's not an either or, it is an and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my encouragement is always to kind of make them go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just add that if, if all of this feels a little bit kind of vague or um, intangible, I mean, science shows, and Time Magazine has written an article about it in the last few years, that people who give, people who gener- are generous in whatever way, are happier, period. They may on a balance sheet have, have technically less money because they're giving it away, but they have more fulfilling and happier lives. Yeah. And that's important in the end. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yeah. And I would say probably just to, as we're wrapping up here, I think that goes back to our whole net worthwhile and why signature generosity. Signature generosity is not the only way that people can answer the question, what's your net worthwhile? But we feel like it's probably the one kind of initiative that we are, you know, leading that really fits in with everybody. And so we believe it's the way that people are going to make a difference with their wealth. Uh, and so we've, you know, we're excited about the opportunities ahead. You know, we're just getting started. And we kind of say, you know, we're excited about not only what we can do with our clients, but again, how we can kind of lead and help other advisors. That's really kind of my vision is how do we help other advisors? We can't touch everybody. Sure. But how do how can we be generous with what we are learning and how can we share that with other advisors? I mean, I talked to an advisor out in Portland, Oregon. I doubt that we're ever going to go to Portland, Oregon, but if I can help an advisor be thinking and be a thought leader in that, I think that's a great, a, being a great steward of what we're learning, not that we are the experts, but hey, we and then we want to partner with other advisors who that we can learn from as well. For sure. Great work. Uh, and and you, you've 
set me up to ask a really important question because I've got to believe when people listen to this, they're going to want to be in touch. So <laughs> talk about how they can be in touch with you. Uh, you can look it on our website. I think okay. our website's got a lot of great information about this net worthwhile message, and that's just www.signatureft.com. Uh, there's some contact information. That's really the best place to go just to our website mm-hmm. and learn more about and start reading about the stories. They're different podcasts. And so we've put a lot of information for people to understand the culture and really who we are. Great stuff from Blair Cunningham and Elizabeth Burdett. They're both with Signature FD. It's been a pleasure having you. Great. Thank, Thank you. you so much, John. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, folks, this show is brought to you by Frazier and Dieter. And just a reminder that Frazier and Dieter is an award-winning, a multi-award-winning. Every time I wake up, I see more awards, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have to say that because it's true. Uh, an award-winning international CPA and advisory firm because a, a London office just got opened. Which uh, was very exciting. That is exciting. One day we'll have a signature FD uh, team out there in London as well. I like that. I like that. And we need to get somebody from London on the show. There you go. We can make that happen. But back, more on that later. But again, that some great technical, deep technical expertise across the firm uh, and across the pond, and even deeper dedication to their clients. Frazier and Dieter's CPAs and advisors believe in investing in relationships to make a difference. If you want more information, go to FraserDieter.com. Roger, this has been fun. Well, thank you very much, John. We're very proud of Signature FD and everything that they've accomplished in 20 years. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, great. Thank, thank you guys for being our guest. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, congra- for having us. congratulations on, on your success, and we look forward to getting the good word out. So uh, for my co-host, Roger Lesby uh, with Frazier & Dieter, I'm John Ray. Join us next time for another edition of Frazier & Dieter's Business Beat.